Warning. This show may be unsuitable for young fillies, colts, and foals due to strong language prevalent in literally every episode, and some mild sexual innuendo. We will also touch on themes of racial relations, political climate, and other sensitive subjects, but we will let you know when those things come up. Pony, welcome to Equestria Gaze, a My Little Pony rewatch podcast. You can follow this podcast on Twitter at Equestria Gaze. I'm Anya, my pronouns are they, them, and you can find me on Twitter at aka Anya. I'm joined by my partner in life, love, and late night spooks, August. Hi, I'm August. I waved at the microphone for no good goddamn God reason. <laughs> you were doing so good. I know. Um, I use they, them pronouns, and you can find me on Twitter at Harpydora. Oh, it's me. Um, you can find me yawning. Good night. Uh, um, each week, we'll saddle in to rewatch an episode of My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, to break apart what exactly the show is trying to say. The good, the bad, and the downright problematic. We figured it's 2020 and everything is happening so much, so why not watch some cartoons? I was a horse kid growing up, so the fact that I hadn't seen My Little Pony until this year was kind of a weird thing for me, but I'm honestly digging it. And I got into Friendship is Magic when it first came out. I witnessed the genesis of the Brony fandom and eventually fell off the cart around season four, which is to say this ain't my first rodeo. This week, we'll be discussing season one, episode 11, Winter Wrap-Up. We open on Twilight getting ready in the dark of night for the titular winter wrap-up. She explains to a very sleepy Spike that this is a tradition in Ponyville where the citizens remove winter and welcome in spring. She stresses that because Ponyville was founded by Earth Ponies, magic is strictly forbidden. Later, Twilight arrives at the opening ceremonies to find she has not been assigned a cleanup team. She sings one of the catchiest songs in the series while wondering where she'll fit into this tradition. There is a montage of Twilight trying and failing at different tasks before resorting to forbidden magic to help plow the fields. This results in an avalanche and Twilight runs off to hide in a bush. Feeling miserable, she overhears how everything is going so poorly because there's no organization and spring is going to be late again. Twilight gallops into action using her natural talent of organization to whip everything into shape. In the end, they get winter wrapped up just in time for the first day of spring. So. In our first part of the show, Anya, what is the message to Phillies, Colts, and Foles? My message is that your sinuses are worse in the winter. It's okay. You don't have COVID. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you're not allowed to have COVID, babe. 
No, uh, I don't. I have sinuses. Um, my message is that you don't have to conform to any of society's existing roles to fit in. That's a good one. Thanks. Uh, mine was uh, sometimes what you can contribute isn't always obvious, but that doesn't mean you can't contribute. Which, I mean, is kind of fucked in capitalism in general, but, you know, this is a kid's show, so, you know, we don't expect them to destroy capitalism and horrible, toxic attitudes around work and productivity, so. We'll leave that to She-Ra and Steven Universe, who yeah. are willing to go there. Yep, it's true. Anyway, so... Now we are on to the meat of our show, which is the bridal meeting. <laughs> the horse meat. What? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's fine. That's the sound of something that's fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Um, <laughs> Catch us next week where it'll be my partner in life, love, and divorces. <laughs> no. Um... <laughs> Anyway, so this is where we talk about, like, the stuff that's left unsaid and all of the subtext, yada, yada, yada. We get super nitpicky because of who we are as people, etc. Yay! And to kick us off, my first note is that it's interesting that other places just use magic to change the seasons. Um, it kind of falls in line with using magic to raise and lower the sun slash moon, in my mind, though... What happens in places without ponies, like the Everfree Forest? Do seasons ever change there? Or, you know, we know it's not winter forever in places like that. So is it just like what we would consider the natural order of things or what? I it, I feel like it just goes on to like further emphasize how much these ponies influence has like fucked up the world in that mm. like winter can't leave unless they force it to. Yeah. Although, hang on, let me see. Um, I think this is actually something that I made a note of in Fall Weather Friends. Let me check her doc. Because there is something that I thought of when we were watching that episode, yeah. Um, but I think I'll go ahead and talk about it here, because I wonder if this isn't, like, sort of a backwards attempt to make it look like the ponies as the sapient, sentient creatures that they are are an integral part of the ecosystems that they are a part of. Like, you know, they don't exist separately from the ecosystem. But I don't know. I don't know. Like, if that's the case, it's also a little backward because it just reads as, like, in some ways the ponies have subjugated nature instead of them being a part of it, you know? Yeah, I... I don't know. It's very weird because, like, I feel like the environment could do it itself. Mm -hmm. It has to other places. I'm not, I'm not sure. Let's just file this under things I'm not sure about. Yeah, things that we wish that there was a lore book about, which is a joke for next week because we're recording these out of order, finger guns. So the next point is kind of related, which uh, we both kind of mentioned something similar at this point but i said how do earth ponies do weather without the pegasuses like how did they handle winter wrap-up before pegasus kind did weather um yeah so i 
kind of mentioned this too with like they don't use magic to clean up winter because they're earth ponies but we like pegasus ponies are from a different place called cloudsdale so they do rely on the pegasus ponies a lot so like why is magic this forbidden and like frowned upon thing yeah i mean you could argue that maybe it goes back to like the founding of equestria with the whole like all the different nations doing their own things and so it may be just that like the earth ponies are stubborn in ponyville or at least in their history so yeah but like pegasus ponies were also a separate entity in that future episode and like i just feel like they welcome pegasus ponies as like an influence in their environment much more than they do unicorns is they're unicorns right yeah yeah i don't know like it may just be because ponyville is also considered to be kind of backwater Mm -hmm. or at least it's presented as being at the very least rural so i don't know i don't know to me it feels kind of like um where i was from before this where it's like it's not in the middle of nowhere but there's still less opportunities and like everyone just does what they've always done so yeah that sounds about right yeah, I guess. But yes, also picked up on that. And I noted that Twilight's complete emotional whiplash uh, is attacking me personally. Or <laughs> she's like, I'm so excited to help. I wonder how I can help. I'm no use to anyone. It's like, honey. <laughs> yeah, Twilight's just having a normal one this episode. I feel attacked as I will continue to with twilight because i love her yeah and like twilight is so fucking early why does she not have an assignment like she's literally you know awake and ready before the sun's even up but she still doesn't have an assignment and she still seems to just like get there right as everybody's adjourning it makes no sense yeah i I feel like the beginning of the episode was played as more of like a joke where it's just like, oh, haha, Twilight's always ahead of it. But like when you think about it in terms of like, well, then why was she so late to the thing? I guess she just went back to sleep, but that also doesn't seem very Twilight. Maybe she was just pacing back and forth wondering when she should arrive. (laughs) There's just a trough in her house from where she's been pacing. Yep. Bless. I feel further attacked. (laughs) And my next point is something that Anya and I commented on at the same time again. Uh, I said this music is so good and catchy, and I fucking love it when the music is on point in this show. Yeah, and I don't know, in my opinion, this is the catchiest and maybe the best song in the series. I fucking love this song. It gets stuck in my head all the time. Um, Like, even after the first time I heard it, it just played in my head. So if you haven't listened to at least the song, please do. It's so good. It's really good. Like, when this show's music is good, it's really fucking good. Yeah, there's other good bops. I just really love this one. And like, I don't know, this whole episode is really good. It's cute. It is. So my next note is... um, Maybe not something many of our listeners will relate to, but living in the South, it's just kind of funny to think of a place where the weather works, but go on. (laughs) (laughs) 
Like, tell me more about this spring. What are seasons? Yeah, we just have the hot one and the wet one. Could you tell me more? No, our two seasons are allergy and cold and flu. Cool, I think I'm still in allergy somehow while the rest of the state has moved on to cold and flu. So that's rude. Yeah, it's very rude. Because, like, allergy never actually ends. Yeah, it's funny. It's actually uh, allergy season overlaps in that it is always. Yeah. And uh, my next note, because I am noticing a lot of, like, background ponies that the fandom latched onto as they show up. Uh, my next note is, oh, hey, Dr. Hooves. <laughs> Again, another thing I did not notice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is a joke for next week's episode. Again, because we're recording out of order. It's fine. It's I fine. mean, I continue to be unobservant, which is hilarious because in real life, I'm actually quite observant. I just don't notice all the background things because I'm trying so hard to look at things to take notes on. Yeah, no, that that's perfectly reasonable. Like I said, it's just I have this information from my previous stint in the fandom, and so, like, it just jumps out at me. Anyway, my next note is, have ponies just half-domesticated everything? Uh, Twilight's nest looked perfectly natural, and it's like, why don't birds just make their own goddamn nests? Yeah, I kind of thought of that with, like, Fluttershy waking all the animals up, like, why do you have to wake the animals up? Like, you're wasting so much time on this task that should be naturally in them. Yeah. It's just, it's weird. Yeah, like, the pony's involvement has gone so far as to, like, override natural, like, ingrained realities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it says a lot about uh, world implications it really does um there's just so much unfortunate stuff and and also so much interesting stuff posed by this episode and by fall weather friends mm -hmm. but again i mean like the sun and the moon have to be raised and lowered by gods so you know maybe the seasons having to be changed manually by ponies makes sense God, can you imagine if the pony that had to raise the sun was not a morning pony? Oh my god. If it was fucking me. <laughs> yeah, y'all would be fucked if I had to do Celestia's job. <laughs> if I had to raise the sun, everyone would be getting up at 10. Yeah. And uh, my next note isn't really a note, more just me being a shithead. Twinkie Pinky, huh? Smirking emoji. What even why it's just why was pinkie pie calling herself a twink like i guess maybe gender fluid uh gender fluid twinkie pie <laughs> jesus christ please no one draw that oh my god see i'm just picturing like the yellow snack food yeah i mean that also could be it <laughs> for the longest time i thought twinks and twinkies were the same thing so Oh, baby. Yeah, it wasn't until, like, my mid-twenties that I realized what gay dudes were actually, like, excited about, and it wasn't the hostess snack food. 
speaking of the hostess snack food, maybe it's like a nod to Pinky being like an employee of a bakery because Twinkies yeah. are baked, <laughs> baked good. They're they're sweet. There's some sugar in them. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that does make sense. So that's the best thing I've got other than uh, Pinkie Pie is unpredictable and a god of chaos. It's true. Twinkie Pie. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's where we are now. Yeah. And in that scene also, Twilight is a whole ass mood on the ice. Uh, I cannot ice skate. I have terrible balance issues. So like watching Twilight almost eat shit half a million times speaks to me uh, because it's me. So, God, I I used to roller skate constantly when i was a child i would like ride my rollerblades everywhere and i would go to the skating rink like every weekend and like i ended up going back again in my 20s and it hurts like my thighs were sore (laughs) it is kind of like riding a bike in the fact that like after about an hour i was back to like being able to skate and not feeling uncomfortable but it's just physically, it's so much harder as an adult. It's just, it's hard, like, period. That's fair. I, I loved rollerblading when I was a kid. I don't know why. It was just very fun. I dated a guy who liked rollerblading, and I tried to skate for him, and I was so bruised up all the goddamn time. Oh, buddy. Don't hurt yourself for boys. They're not worth it yeah anyway um i have a question about the economy so like applejack is in charge of planting but they're planting as a community however there are also definitely vendors who sell raw foods like i know there are vendors who take the food and elevate it and that's certainly different but they're basically planting a community garden that then certain ponies charge for? I have questions. Yeah, and it's... I mean, it probably goes back to, you know, just the showrunners doing whatever is necessary for the episode, and it doesn't have any actual wider implications. But yeah, like, I don't know. Like, the economy in Equestria is just very fascinating to me just because of, like, how certain things are positioned and... The way that Applejack and Rarity in particular interact with, like, vending things. It's just really, really interesting. Yeah, like, the best guess I've got is that the people assigned to Applejack's team are people who do sell the foods or who buy the foods and turn them into other goods. And so, like, that's why they're responsible for harvesting the food. But without that information, I just don't know. It seems like people are are participating in, like, this community planting and then buying the foods that they helped plant. Yeah. <laughs> Which doesn't seem fair. That's not how community gardens work. Yeah, exactly. It's weird. And are they planting on Applejack's farm? That's one thing I could not figure out, is, like, if all of this work was happening on Applejack's farm. I mean, it's not explicitly stated that it is, but it's also not explicitly stated that it isn't. It really looks like the farm, which raises more questions. 
Yeah. Anyway, that's just a small aside that I had questions about. No, I mean, it's it's a good poll. Um, my next note is, again, me just being kind of a shithead and saying that Twilight trying to push the plow is basically me trying to do anything physical because <laughs> I am a weakling. Bless. I sympathize completely, Twilight. Yeah, we're not allowed to move furniture together anymore. I mean, we can try. It's just you have to be very patient with me because mm -hmm. I cannot do the same kind of things you can. For some reason, I can lift. You and lift weights. Not anymore. That's why my back hurts. Lift your weights, kids. Eat your cereal. I don't know. D don't get back issues. Just tell your back issues to fuck off if they decide that it's time. Yeah. That's all I've got. Yeah. My next uh, point is uh, just, again, me being nitpicky, because Applejack, after Twilight uses her magic to move the plow, Applejack says, she's strong for a little pony. And it's like, you're the same fucking size, Applejack. Basically, most of the adults in the fucking community are the exact same size because of, you know, the character models and shit. Yeah, but that said, like, it's often illustrated that Applejack is very strong. So, like, they could have drawn her buff, but they chickened out. Yeah, they're cowards. Well, okay, they're not cowards. They're doing it because if all of the main ponies that they're selling merch of have uh, similar silhouettes, it's easier to make that merch. That's fair. Just make the same thing with different uh, colors and stuff. Yep. But, like, Applejack is often shown to be much more athletic and stronger than the other girls, despite being the same size. So, like, she's buff. She's got to be buff. They just didn't draw her muscles. Yeah, her brother's a fucking draft horse. She should be a draft horse. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, big buff Applejack. And also, like, Applejack yells at Twilight, and she's like, we don't use magic for planting in these here parts. And it's like, bitch, in, like, episode two or three, you had Twilight helping you harvest apples with her fucking magic. Like, get over yourself, girl. Yeah, it's, again, that whole tradition thing that just doesn't communicate with the rest of the show and what we've seen in the past mm -hmm. and it further it's just another further like uh emphasis on like the town thinking magic is bad yeah um which i'll get to in a second but before that twilight why didn't you just leave spike at home he doesn't want to be there and because he doesn't want to be there he's being shitty about it and he's like teasing her about everything she can't do while she just feels worse about herself. Like, he's stayed home alone before. Just leave him home. Yeah. I don't know. Like, there's no justification for it. There's just... Maybe maybe it was like a contractual thing with Spice vo Spike's voice actor. Spice. Haha. -ha. <laughs> um, with uh, Spike's... Spiky Spice voice actor like that person had to be in a certain number of episodes or something but yeah just 
he's not even funny. Like, his presence in the episode adds literally nothing. It makes me feel bad for Twilight, and the best thing I can read from it is it kind of reads as, like, a parent trying to get their kid out of the house and, like, taking them to this thing that the kid doesn't want to be there and, like, they're not adding anything of value, but, like, you want to try and encourage them to want to be involved in this thing. So, like, I think Twilight, in a way, wants Spike to care about this thing that he doesn't care about. Mm-hmm. But that aside, uh, back to the magic. So Twilight is consistently down on herself for her magic. And because her magic is seen as, like, less a, as an important talent she has and more of, like, an inconvenience to everyone else, and that's just continually stressed in the town every time something magic comes up, it's always negative. So, like, Twilight just has to keep feeling bad about herself. hmm Yeah. I don't know. Like, in some ways, this really just doesn't paint Ponyville in a particularly great light, either. Because you're right, like, outside of, like, certain encouragements from the main six, we don't really see a lot of people actually, like, praising Twilight for the things that she does. And, like, in this episode, she gets explicitly chided for doing what she's best at. Yeah, and, like, we've seen it before with the Trixie episode where, like, her magic is seen as, like gloating or better than the town and so she's forced to hide that she can do really cool things but like the places that were praising her and the people that were praising her were back in the big city Mm -hmm. so just a note that this episode is also very along the lines of like the Trixie storyline with like twilight your your magic isn't important and then the show is just like twilight your magic is important Mm -hmm. it's definitely some cognitive dissonance yeah um on a much lighter note uh rarity sobbing over like the (laughs) nest that she can't get perfect is like me sobbing over writing i feel rarity in that moment how She's in charge of this every year. How has no one in the years past stepped in and been like, sweetie, we're going to let someone else be in charge this year? Because A, nobody else is a main character, and B, like, the mayor obviously isn't good at organization. She's just the mayor. (laughs) Which we'll get into next episode. How do I know? I can tell the future, listeners. (laughs) Finger guns. Anyways, I'm going to comment no further on that. But yeah, uh, fucking Twilight for mayor. The mayor doesn't know what the fuck she's doing. It's like, I thought my encouraging speech would make you all do better. Like, this is too close to reality, huh? It's, It's a lot. What makes your citizens do better is direct action and orders. But whatever, that's fine. We don't need mask mandates or anything like that no it's fine it's fine it's fine anyway anyway (laughs) so my next two kind of go hand in hand 
So I wrote, uh, maybe cleaning up an entire season in one day isn't plausible. And then the next note is, now that everyone has been awake for a solid 24 hours, like, I feel like this whole event could use a, like... Like a week. Just some more scrutiny. Like, I know you've always done it in a day, but yeah, step back, look at your thing and be like, what can we change? There's, it's a fucking uh, postmortem. After winter wrap up, get together with everyone who was on the committee and be like, okay, what could have gone better? Winter wrap up, wrap up. (laughs) Wow, that's a song, isn't it? Yep, it's true. Although I do have to say that if uh, her cutie mark weren't magic, Twilight's would definitely be a checklist. Yeah, I feel like her cutie mark has to be magic just for the show's like yeah point about how important her magic is. But like, it's definitely a fucking schedule. Like, yeah, it's a spreadsheet. Yeah, which again I feel called out by. <laughs> Um, and completely unrelated to that, I really enjoy how Fluttershy likes the scary and ugly creatures. I like how she likes the snakes, because it's like, most snakes are completely harmless, and like, you don't bother a snake, a snake won't bother you for the most part, and it's just like, I imagine that for a little kid watching this, seeing Fluttershy, who is very timid, being like, oh, hey, snakes, what's up, might help take some of the edge off of any sort of snake phobia they might have. Yeah, I really like that part of this episode that, like, Fluttershy just treats all of the animals as the same and, like, they're all valuable and important because... It would be really easy to do the like, ew, gross snakes thing. But like, they're just, they're just curious little noodles. When you start thinking of them as like curious little noodles who just want to be warm, they get real cute. They're scaly noodles. <laughs> I don't know. That, that was a good touch. I think that was a good choice to have her not show any bias toward any of the animals. Yeah. And I mean, she pretty consistently throughout the series cares about animals that are scary or ugly or otherwise don't fit in yeah and that's i think that's shown really well when rainbow dash like in rainbow dash's pet episode so that'll be fun to look at yeah yeah that's a really good episode for that um mine is just another continuity question uh in the chaos of this whole season when did rarity have time to make twilight her own special vest when she was actually like crying she did it she made it out of her tears (laughs) that seems not very durable it's fine it only has to last for one day every year yeah so it has to last for a day and then it has to sit in your closet for a year and then you pull it out and it's still okay I'm sure we can find a way to make Rarity cry again for a new vest. Oh my god. Anyway, before this gets any worse. (laughs) Well, it is going to get worse, because why does nobody care about the fact that Spike could drown? 
And like, mm-hmm. we know he goes into that icy water because at the end of the episode, he's like sitting there as if he's recovering from hypothermia slash a cold. So it's like, they just let him drown. They just let him go for a swim in icy water and nobody gives a shit. Yeah, and then at the end, Twilight laughing, like, ha ha, illness is funny. (laughs) Yeah, like, I know he was being shitty, and he should have gotten to stay home because he was being a fuckhead, but shit, he doesn't deserve (laughs) to almost die. Yeah, like, I do like the touch that he is sick, because that means they, like, didn't pretend that the water was just magically warm all of a sudden, but... The fact that he is sick has some horrific implications for the characters just standing there laughing at him and then Twilight laughing at him while he's sick later on. Yeah, it's so bad. (laughs) Maybe our additional thing should have get vaccinated at the end. No, like get your flu shot, get your COVID vaccine when you can. Uh, We should wait, but yeah, it's coming. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's a thing. What a thing to end on. Yep. Sure is a choice. Still a great episode, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this was a really good episode. Um, It might even be my favorite this season, actually. That's fair. That's fair. I like, I like the season finale, for sure. I have a lot of thoughts about the season finale, which we'll get to, but... Yeah, the season finale is pretty good, but I feel like this is just a really tight episode. Like, ultimately, there isn't a lot to nitpick here. And mostly it's just about this episode ends up raising some unfortunate implications. But overall, it's it's like there's not a lot of waste to this episode. And yeah. the song really carries it through. I think the song is what makes this episode so memorable for me, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Well, why don't we go ahead to our main events? Definitely. Um, Mine is that there are so many Twilight moments that are calling me out personally. I feel especially attacked for her organizing the bird nest materials before getting started, like when she lays them all out by type. So, okay. So story time. I was uh, putting candy in stockings today. And we got one of those mixed bags of chocolate that had like Milky Ways and Twix and Snickers and stuff in them. And I was trying to make sure everyone got an equal mix of all the candies in their stocking. So before I put the candy in the stocking, I divided them all up by type of candy into separate piles and then arranged them into the number of piles I needed for each stocking. I love you, baby. Everyone has a pretty good mix of candy. I didn't want to just give someone a handful of Snickers and like no one else gets any Snickers or anything like that. (laughs) So I sorted them first and then divided them. I love you. I'm currently uh, looking for employment if you'd like organization in your organization. Yeah. (laughs) Help. Wasabi. (laughs) Um, my main event is the title song. It's so catchy. I, I'm not the kind of person who sings, but you know, I'll bop along with it. It's, it's a really good song. I liked it a lot. Yeah. It's got like all the makings of a good song too. Like the fucking, the startup is good. It's got the very catchy, upbeat title, which you can then recall later after you have your like, 
low moment. I ne- I didn't do music theory, so don't actually know the actual words for these parts of the songs, but it has <laughs> all the parts it needs to be exactly what you want. Yep. I love it. It's good. All right, babe. Take us out. Oh, hey. Hey, that's it. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Sorry. So each week, we're going to end with a horse fact. This is a random piece of horse trivia that we found online that may or may not be true. We are assuming it's true. And we're also assuming that the internet would never lie. So don't let us down. This week's horse fact is horses use their ears, eyes, and nostrils to express their mood. They also communicate their feelings through facial expressions. If you have any fun horse facts you want us to include on the show, send them to us on Twitter at EquestriaGaze, and we'll give you a shout out. Until next time, stay cool, every pony, and remember, Black Lives Matter, trans rights are human rights, and wear your fucking mask. Especially if you're like a fucking doctor and you're like in line to vote and you're just getting all up on us. I'm calling you out, dude from Emory. (sighs) Clip, clop, clip, clop, clip, clop. ready yes hello (laughs) (laughs) oh my god it finally happened i couldn't resist thank you that made my night oh you're welcome i mean brian's been purposefully doing it more and more exaggerated so i just wanted to yeah take a moment (laughs) um that can be a good outtake Mm mm-hmm Okay. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate us on your podcast platform of choice. Tell your friends about us or tweet about us using the Equestria Gaze hashtag. We're also a member of Standing Stones Productions, a nonprofit podcasting guild. Some of our other shows include Follow the Leader and The Room Where It Happened, two TTRPG actual play shows, and The Escafil Files, a podcast where two of our friends read and talk about the Animorph series. You can find out more about all of our projects at stones underscore standing on Twitter. Unfortunately, Standing Stones was already taken. Anyway, your support means a lot. Thanks again for listening.